You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Well, good evening. It is good to be back. Ah. So my wife and my kids send greetings. Uh, They are back in Brazil, but praise the Lord, they are doing very, very well. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, it's probably better. Um, But yeah, so I am a John Hernandez. We are the missionary sent out of the church uh, here. So this would be our church home. And so I'm the most faithful, unfaithful member because I only come every, last time it was seven years. So... uh, this time it was only two. So not so bad. I'm getting better. Uh, but God has been good. Thank you for your prayers for us on the field. Um, some things have happened. I'm sure I will talk about some of that. And I appreciate your prayers. Uh, we have had some challenging times. But with challenges comes victories. And so uh, let me just give you some victories uh, to give you an idea. So we, are, we just closed on a piece of property, five acres, uh, property for our Bible college. Um, and so actually, since I've been here, I've been looking at blueprints and sending back and forth to the engineer and then talking to the other engineer and it's just been back and forth. Um, I told my wife I was coming and I was going to rest. I I don't know how much I've rested, but I've got a lot of work done. It's been great. Huh? But here's the thing. The school started and I found my journal just a couple weeks ago and the, in my journal, and it was from 10 years ago. It said, Lord, allow us to train six men and see where it goes from there. And God has taken six men and turned it to 12, to turned it into 20, to turned it into seven churches that we have started. And now those churches have gone first full circle. Now we have young people wanting to come and dedicate their lives to, to serve God even further. And I I see all of these things, and the reality is all of it begins with a desire to serve him. And I remember before I was a member here, and I remember meeting in a small building. And I'll never forget that meeting, because everything that could go wrong before I got to church did. We were driving in from Senton, Texas. We got a flat. It was raining. I fixed the flat. You know, we left early, fixed the flat. Everything was going good. We start driving in. And I didn't even know, did you know your windshield wipers can, can break off? I didn't know that. And in the rain, both my windshield wipers go Whoo! And I'm driving down the freeway at 75 miles an hour. And so for the next little while, I'm out there with a rag driving to church. But I remember back then watching the church with a desire to grow and a dream to grow and a desire to do what God would have them to do. And throughout our ministry, some things have happened in different things, and we we became members here. And I remember the meeting I had with Pastor Jason Atwood, which will be here at the end of the month, and he may not even remember 
saying this, and I'll never forget it because it was almost the same words my mom told me the first time I left for the mission field. So the first time I left for the mission field, I, we were at the airport, we had gone to Dallas, and we were flying out of Dallas, my in-laws were there, and our, some of our friends were there, family was there, and you know, everybody's hugging and, and a little crying and tears, and you know, as the brave missionary, I'm not crying, I'm there, I'm tough, and I was like, I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna cry. They have no idea what happened past security. I like bawled like a little baby. But before security, I was brave. I'm like, yeah, I got this. God has called us. And I remember the last time my mom gave me a hug before I crossed security. And she whispers in my ear, I love you. And I'm thanks, mom. And then the next words I'll never forget. She said, don't you dare come back until God tells you to come back. And I was like, I love you too, Mom. <laughs> but you know, that is almost the exact same word. Okay, he didn't tell me I love you. Um, let me rephrase that. But as we sat in the office and some things came and we became missionaries here, he said, you do what God has you to do and don't come back until God says come back. And so when I think of a vision and I think of going forward and doing something impossible, I think of the book of Nehemiah. And so let's go to the book of Nehemiah. I don't know where yet, but let's go to the book of Nehemiah. We'll start there and we will just end up where we end up. So this has nothing to do with my message, but one of the things I love about traveling are these notes. And my wife is gonna kill me, but she she's puts all these notes everywhere. And so you know, it's like, I love you, I miss you. It, it's good stuff, I love these notes. and so. I was kind of sad for a second. I was sitting there flipping through my Bible, thought I lost my note. Uh, but I have a bunch of them. It's, it's exciting. Uh, and then she, she sends me messages. And so here, here's the message I just got. I'm sitting on the platform, and this message comes in. I'm praying for you. Preach hard. I love you. You better do it right. <laughs> love you too, sweetie. So let's actually go to Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah chapter 12. And so... We will go back to the beginning in, in, in here in a little bit. But what you need to see, so Nehemiah chapter 12, the wall's built. Okay, The wall is built. Everything is done. And truthfully, they probably could have dedicated it in chapter 8, 6, 7, 8-ish. But some things had to be done. Okay, So we are now at their dedication. All right, So Nehemiah chapter number 12. And I want you to stand to your feet. I am not going to read a lot. But we are going to read a little bit. So Nehemiah chapter 12. And let's start reading in verse number 27. And it says, And at the dedication of the wall. The wall of what? The wall of Jerusalem. They sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness. Both with thanksgiving and with singing. With cymbals, psalteries, and with harps. So we're here to dedicate a new building. It's the grand opening month. And every Sunday you're going to have another preacher come in. And here in a minute you're, you're going to see why that's actually a biblical purpose. A biblical plan. And something that needs to be done. We are here to dedicate something that God has done. Not us. You say, well, I, I, swing, I, I swung a hammer here. 
I operated a drill here. Yeah, but God did it. And that's what we have to remember. And so we're going to pray, and then I'm, going to, I'm actually going to start my message. And so, Lord, we love you and just thank you for your goodness. I pray that you just protect us and guide us. I pray that you would prepare our hearts, prepare our minds. Allow us to hear from you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And so, you know, it, it, it's funny because this morning, Pastor was like, we're, we're going to sing, and we're going to sing loud. And we did. We filled up the song. We filled up everything with, with music and sound. And, you know, we gave thanks. And all this month, you'll be giving thanks for everything. And all of these things are biblical things, as we can see. And they're important things. And they all lead up to some other verses in this chapter that we're going to get to. But it all started with a vision. So in Nehemiah chapter 1 and chapter 2, I call it the midnight ride. All right, so you have Nehemiah that he gets a letter. He, he hears word that there's some things going on in Jerusalem, and he, he, he can't believe it. And so he, he goes out of the norm, and he gets permission to go, and he goes, and he takes this midnight ride, and he, he rides through one gate, and he goes to the other gate, and he sees the need that's there, and it, it's overwhelming. But the only thing he knows is that he has a desire to make a difference. And so... This past year, some things have happened. Things have happened here. <laughs> Obviously, you know, some, some, a couple bricks have been put in the ground and a couple walls have been put up. And some things have happened in Brazil and different things. And, you know, but it all starts with a vision. Seeing the need and realizing that only God can fulfill that need. So... For some of you who don't know, I, I had an accident last year. Or I guess two years ago now. 2021. Well, no, 22. 22. I didn't forget. Okay, 22. And some people have asked me, well, how far did you fall? So we did some calculations. The peak of this roof is only 30 feet. I was a little taller, higher than that when I fell to the cement. But here's what I want you to understand. So you think, oh, my goodness, oh, that's so horrible. But I truly believe it was the will of God. And God had a purpose and a reason for it. And, and here's the thing. We see all this and we see, oh, it's so hard. It's so difficult. And I'll be honest, I'm sure from the McArdle property to here, it hasn't been easy. There's been some stubbed toes. There's been some hurt feelings. There's been a nail through a hand, or at least my hand, at least once, maybe twice. You know, somebody I know got hit in the head with a light. Not, yeah, I'm not mentioning names. He's back there. Uh, th some things have happened, but all with a purpose and all with a plan. And so we, we see this, and you know, people are like, I can't believe you fell, and it's just, it's so sad. But really, I, I took a trip to Bogota after my accident, and we're sitting in a, a doctor's office, and you know, I'm there, my wife is there, and literally, I, because of how fast the transportation was and how we moved, I still had dry blood on my face, and I couldn't, half of my face had gone numb, and it looked I had, like I had a, like a stroke. Arms destroyed, ribs are destroyed. They're still not sure if, you know, 
things on the inside of my body are working right. And it's, it's not a good thing. And I'm sitting in this doctor's office and I told him, I said, you know what, doc, you're not going to believe this, but there are people around the world praying for you. And he said, oh, that's so nice. I don't need their prayers. I'm an atheist. And I said, it doesn't really matter. They're still praying for you. And they're praying for me. And so tons of tests and tons of different things that go on. And through all of this, he's seeing the joy that we have. And the joy that my wife has when she's literally pushing me around in a wheelchair. You know, and it got to a point where I'm sitting there in one of the waiting rooms and I'm drinking water with a straw and it's coming in one side and it's literally coming out this side. And my wife is there with a smile. If you know my wife, she's always smiling. And she's there, she's like, it's okay, sweetie. I felt like a little kid. I was hoping she was going to pull out like Cheerios out of the bag or goldfish, but it didn't happen. Anyways. So here's the thing, all of these things, and so the doctor does the surgery. And inside the surgery are all kinds of complications that they were not expecting. I come out of surgery, and I, I, he comes to see me in the, the hospital, in the, in the, I'm still in the hospital bed, I'm still kind of in and out of it, and he looks at me and he's like, how you doing? I said, praise God, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He leaves, and then the next morning he comes to visit me and does his rounds. I'm sure he had other surgeries that day. This is one of the top orthopedic surgeons in Colombia that's doing the surgery on my arm. Some things have passed, and I go to see him again in December, and he says, I don't know how you can be so joyful throughout all of this. But I want what you have. He receives Christ and it's an, and it's an exciting time. And I'll be honest, I, I, I'm being a little skeptical at this time. I was like, mm-hmm. I think he did this just to make me feel good. I got to see him last October. October passed. Years passed since the accident. It was like a night and day difference. He comes in and he's Everybody already knows who I am. This is the guy. This is the preacher that's in the jungle. And he's doing this and he's doing that. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's doing this. And he, he sent me emails. He's like, I want to come. I want to go see. I want to go do something. I, I said, you can come as long as I don't have to get hurt again for you to come. We can, we can work something out. But see, I tell you that story and we think, oh, wow. God has a plan for everything. All of those steps that we take and all of those falls and all of those things, it has to do with this overall plan. When, Jer when Nehemiah did this midnight ride and he saw all of this stuff, he also saw most likely the trouble it was going to be. And if you, if you read Nehemiah chapter 3 and Nehemiah chapter 4, it was that you have the people that were against it. And it gets to the point where Nehemiah chapter 4, it said they had to have a mind to work. Why? Because they're sitting there mocking him. Like if a fox were just to fall, the whole wall's going down. Mimics the, mocks the whole thing. But see, they had to stay strong and go forward. They couldn't stop. And I'll, I'll be honest, in a building project this size, I guarantee it came to a point where you wanted to pull your hair out. I, there's not much love there, brother. I ain't going to go. go. 
But because it, it, it's overwhelming. And then it's a little thing here and it's a little thing there and it's a little thing here and a little thing there. As much construction experience as I have, I was on the phone the other day with the engineer and I'm like, dude, I can't believe it's this hard. Really? He's asking me the colors of screws. I'm like, I don't care. Put them in the wall. Let's do this. Move forward. But they're steps. But you have to have a mind to work. So the wall gets completed. Now, here's the thing. The wall gets completed. And most likely, the same thing back then, same thing in my church, same thing here. Here's what happens. Everything gets completed, and everybody's excited, and really, everybody's exhausted. And some things have happened, and maybe we got a little upset. Maybe we got a little turned sideways. Maybe this and that, whatever. And so that is why, if you see, the wall was actually completed chapters before this point. But they are now dedicating in chapter 12 because they had to go through a time of cleansing, purification. They had to get some things right. But here's the reality. When we start to dedicate, you need to take this time to get right. You need to take this time to make sure that you're prepared. You know, everybody says, you need to make a plan. How many of you have a plan to read your Bible this year? Some kind of plan. You, you figured it out. You got it on paper. You got some idea. You, you got a plan. See, here's the problem with the plan. If you don't know how to execute the plan. So how many of you guys have ever made a New Year's resolution? Okay, so every year I have a New Year's resolution. Okay, it's the same one every year. It's to lose weight. And because you're laughing, you realize it's a plan, but I've not executed it. Yeah, so here's, here's the deal. You have this plan to read your Bible through the year, but you have to execute it. So Nehemiah gets this plan. He gets the people going. They start building this, start doing some things. The wall gets built. Well, guess what? It ain't done yet. Just like if you think about in 2 Kings, you have this widow. Okay, so the widow's there with her two sons and, you know, her husband died. Prophet comes, all right, this is what you need to do. Get every pot. We're gonna, and you're going to see the miracle I'm going to do. We're going to fill it with oil. And you say, so what? So what? Imagine this. You have to fill it, prepare the pots. And you know what's about to happen, but you have to work to get it there. You have to plan. You have to prepare. You have to get it. You have to get them. You have to get them. You have to get them. You have to get it. You have to prepare. You have to prepare. Imagine if this lady showed up with one pot. I'm sure the prophet would have been like, okay. That, that, if that's all you want, that's all you get. Imagine this auditorium as a pot. How many chairs are in this auditorium right now? 220. If we execute the plan, there's no reason why at the end of the year you couldn't add another 30 chairs or more. Here's what happens. We get to this point, we dedicate it, we get excited. We start singing songs like it says, we give thanks, we, we call in preachers, we start to cleanse our heart, 
As the Bible says in James 4, we draw nigh to him and he starts drawing nigh to us and he starts saying we're going to do more. You think this is big? Just wait. You think, oh, just wait. What what we got? What's about to happen? The problem is we get scared. You don't understand, Lord. I'm scared. I'm tired of what just happened. God says, oh, no, no, no. Prepare. Just get ready. But here's what I want you to see out of Nehemiah chapter 12. Or chapter 12. Go to verse 43. Also that day, they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced for God had made them rejoice with a great what? A great joy. But it doesn't stop there. The wives also and the children rejoiced. So the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. You say, why is that so important? Because afar off doesn't mean just outside these doors. Afar off means as far as we can reach. As far as we can go. Do you know right now there are men in my church that are in the back of my church, in the church office, praying not for the service that's going on over there, but the service that's going on right now. Here. Why? Because it was heard afar off. In a couple weeks, you'll have your winter revival. Guess what? There'll be men in my church praying for the winter revival here. Because, see, here's what we have to understand. God doesn't call us to sit in a closed room, to sit in a closed building. As As pretty as it is, God tells us to go and to tell and rejoice. See, here's the thing. You know why people are not coming to churches? Because they don't hear the joy that we have. And if we're still in the book of Nehemiah, so you might as well go over to Nehemiah chapter, let me see if I remember, 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10. Maybe 11. Hold on. 10. Then he, he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet and sin portions unto them, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of your Lord is your strength. You say, I don't understand. That joy of the Lord is knowing that, you know what? I serve a risen Savior. It's, it's that joy is the joy I have knowing that it doesn't matter. If I would have fallen, hit the ground, and left this world, I would have been present with God. It's I can live a life and know 100% sure that I don't have to worry. People ask me, are you scared of death? No, I'm not. I'll be honest, I don't want to get eaten by a crocodile. That's, that's not really the way I want to go out. But the fact of actually dying, no, I'm not scared. Somebody asked me this morning, are you scared of heights yet? No. The truth is, last week I was up at the same spot. 
And I, I was calling down, where are my tools so I can finish what I started? See, this year has been hard for two reasons. One, I fell, but really, I've been sitting on the sidelines. I'm like that little kid, coach, please let me in. Just, just watch, let me in, let me go. I want to go. Why? Because there's a joy. So You know what the doctor saw? Joy. When we're sitting there laughing, he's like, how are you laughing? Your ribs are busted. Your arm is in three places. Your face doesn't look right. Yeah, I could still laugh. I know some of you, it's because you were on painkillers. No, I don't take painkillers. I don't take them. I have, no. It's the joy. It's a peace that I can't explain. So we, we have a, if you've read my last prayer letter, Pastor Freddie is one of the, a, a young man that we help train, teach, we help build his church. And some things have happened. He lost his church property. We had to build another building. So we're in the process of building that building right now and in the process of building Pastor Victor's building right now. And the reason we're, we're building is because they need bigger buildings. And Pastor Freddie, he goes, I, I remember he gets in front of his church and he said, church, we have a job. And I thought he was, you know, I didn't know what he was going to say. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. He goes, if God can give us a bigger building, then it's our job to fill it again. If God can give you a bigger building, it's our job to fill it again. And I want you to understand, it's not the building. It's sharing the joy of Christ. It's sharing a joy that cannot be taken away. I have seen hard things. We have seen impossible things. But it all boils down to four words that you find in the book of Mark. Go over to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 and verse number 22. And this chapter and this, this whole phasing there, you'll see that it talks about the power of prayer and it talks about moving mountains and doing the impossible and how God can do amazing things. But all of it starts with four words. And they're four words that you cannot forget. Mark chapter number 11, verse number 20, 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have Faith in God. Real faith in God. The faith that the jailer had. You say, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? It's funny because, you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Who was inside the jail when the doors opened up? Paul and Silas, but what were they doing? They were preaching Christ. They were singing praises to God. The earthquake happens. The door is open. What does the jailer have to do? He has to walk through the door. Only one way to Christ. Only one way to heaven. He had to walk through that door. But so many times our faith 
is too small. You say, well, uh, 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 uh. here's what I thought was interesting. If you look at that passage in the book of Acts, you'll see that he calls for a light. But why does he call for light? Because inside the jail, it was dark. The door was open, but the path was dark. Who's the light of the world? Christ. Draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. Draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. The closer we get to him, the more light there is. The closer we get to him, the more we do for him, the more we reach for him, the more light there is. And guess what? Your faith will grow. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know how they turned the world upside down in the book of Acts? Because they preached one King Jesus. How much more are we doing? Where's our faith tonight? You say, well, we're here, right? Yeah. But this is only one step. What's the next step? When I found my journal 10 years ago, I looked at it and said, wow, ye of little faith. I thought I was big stuff when I wrote that journal. There's some other stuff in there. I was like, man, I am on the... It, I, and somewhere in that journal, it says, you are on your, a spiritual high. Your faith is strong. My faith was like... But you know why? God wanted to see if I was going to take the step. God wanted to see if I was going to take the next step. It's easy to say, but it's different to do. Where are we? Nehemiah saw the need. Went through the difficulties and saw it all and understood, hey, you know what? It may not be easy. But the end result, the finish line. People ask, when are you going to stop? I don't know. God hasn't called me back yet. And when he does, I probably won't stop. It's kind of scary because I was thinking, you know, this city needs a church. That city needs a church. That community needs a church. And while we're doing all that, why not start a Spanish church over here? Like, that, 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 that's how my mind works. It, 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 it's weird like that. You know, I, I go back home and really, we're already starting in two new communities. One community has six families. But it's one step by faith. Do you stumble along the way? You stumble. You, you, you get hurt a little way? You do. Your feelings get hurt? Yeah, they, they're going to get hurt. But how can dead people feel? The Bible says we're supposed to die to self every day. So how does a dead person feel? I remember when they numbed me from my arm. I was still awake. They numbed the whole part of my body. And he literally grabbed my arm, the arm that's all broken and messed up. And he's like, can you feel this? And I'm thinking, I'm glad I can. And that's all I remember, and I woke up later. 
Which is a good thing, because if I could have felt it, it would have been hurt. But what'd they do? They numbed and they deadened my body. Our job is to do exactly that. Like we saw in the book of Nehemiah, share that joy. Afar off. With everyone. I get excited when I come home and I, I go up to somebody and say, hey, how you doing? They're like, I don't know who you are. Are you a visitor? I'm like, yeah, not really, but yeah, kind of. I get excited when I see somebody new. I get sad when I don't see somebody I, I used to know. But I get excited when I see new people. They probably think oh, there's some crazy bald guy shaking my hand again. It's the joy of knowing where we're going to go. Everything I do is that joy. I got a letter shortly after I fell. And it was from a, a, a ministry here in the States, and it said, so please let us know your return date to the field so that we can allow your church to know when your last check, support check will be. And I kindly wrote back, I'm sticking and staying. It's going to take more than that to make me stop. What's going to make you stop? See, some of you already walked into this beautiful building and you're like, I'm done. I walk into this building and I'm like, man, there's empty chairs over there by Brother Alegria. Somebody's not doing their job over there. There's a whole row. They're reserved for visitors. I don't even know why they're reserved, but they're reserved for visitors. We need to just fill them. I remember our anniversary service a couple years ago. I got so frustrated with the men of my church. I put all these signs reserved, 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 reserved. And I show up with the guest preacher and this group of people, and I'm like, yeah, we're all, I got your seats right up here. And the whole thing's packed. I'm like, would you join those reserved? And my deacon goes, <clears throat> they're all visitors. Dude, y'all can sit on the floor, okay? Guest preacher, you're going to sit on the floor. You're fine over here. Because our job is to go to tell everybody else. It's easy to say yes. But at the same time, it's a different story to do it. And preacher, I wish I could say I was surprised by the fact that the women <clears throat> did more. But the women do more in my church too. That's why I can't do the men versus women. The, the men would cry. We, we would get beat really badly. Really badly. Men, where are you at? Here's what happens. I'm too macho. I can't. They might think I'm lesser of a person. Nehemiah stood with a trowel on one hand and a sword on the other to do the work and be ready to go forward and fight. Our job is to go far off and defend that faith. A joy 
that can't be that cannot be explained. A peace that so that only comes from God. Where are you tonight? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I invited people. Amen. Maybe you're here and say, you know, I, I could do more. Or maybe you're here and say, maybe I need to do more. Maybe you're here and say, really? You're talking great stories. I don't have a clue about that faith thing. Because I don't, I, I don't have that peace that God has, that God gives. If something were to happen, I have no idea what's going to happen to me. Bob says you can know. And you can have that peace. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.